Welcome to the Ladies Who Lead podcast. This is a community of women supporting women. Tune in every other Thursday to hear from SK Vaughn as she catches up with ordinary ladies doing extraordinary things. We will cover topics like diversity and inclusion, gender pay gap, thought leadership, and respect in the workplace. We want to celebrate with you and hear stories of success and hard lessons learned. Whether you are a lady who leads in the boardroom or a lady who leads in your community, this is the place for you. Let's do this. Caitlin Peterson is a public relations specialist on the PR and brand partnerships team at CKE Restaurants, Inc., the parent company of Carl's Jr. and Hardee's. She graduated from the University of South Alabama in May 2017 with a bachelor's degree in strategic communications with a concentration in public relations and a minor in marketing. Peterson then continued her education at Troy University, where she received a master's degree in strategic communication in December 2018. Caitlin specializes in brand partnerships, media relations, and crisis communication. She is involved in several community organizations, such as Junior League of Nashville, Public Relations Society of America, and INAM Initiative. Peterson's passion for service has led her to assume leadership roles within the Junior League and INAM Initiative. In her spare time, she enjoys traveling, trying new restaurants, and spending time with her family and friends. All right. I am so excited to have one of my great friends, Caitlin, here on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so excited. So always kick things off with how are you surviving and thriving this week? And so while you're thinking through that, I will go first. And so how am I surviving this week? It's a great question. Well, I will say that it's been a busy, busy week. A lot of transitions happening with the team, which is really fun, but also can be a little bit um, of a survival mode when you've you've mastered one thing and then now we're on to the next um, in terms of, of more responsibility that I'm getting added to my plate, which is exciting, but also just to, to be completely real with you, it, it's been a good bit of a transition. <laughs> so that's how I'm currently surviving. And then how am I thriving? Well, um, I had a lot of fun. I went to uh, Top Golf this weekend, and yes, I wore boots. Apparently, that's not your Top Golf look. I had like a sweater and some jeans and some <laughs> some really tall boots. And and I will say, people made fun of me at first on my team, and then they realized that I kicked everyone's butts while wearing quote unquote heels, but they were boots. So jokes on them. So that is how I'm surviving and thriving this week. What about you, Caitlin? So surviving pretty similar to you um, at my current job, like you said, lots of team changes and just transitions and stuff and um, learning some new things, moving into a new role. Uh, It's just honestly, it's been kind of overwhelming the last couple of weeks, but, you know, I am excited to take on more and do more and, you know, very glad that my supervisor saw it in me that I was able to take on more responsibility, but the person whose shoes I'm feeling filling um, are pretty big. So I feel like I just have a lot to live up to do and I'm kind of a perfectionist. So I just want to do the very best that I can with it. 
and going into thriving, like I said, got a promotion. So that happened on Monday, which was super exciting. And then yesterday, Saturday, I got engaged. So it's been a great week full of surprises. Um, And yeah. Congratulations on both. That's so exciting. Of course, getting engaged is huge and exciting. And I'm just so happy for y'all. And then congrats on the promotion. So what's the, what's the new, the new job? So, um, I'm still on the PR and brand partnerships team, but, um, moving into a role now, but my prior role focused more, um, heavily on, it's like still within PR, but more of like doing a lot of administrative things, but then also, um, you know, vetting potential partners and such. And then now my role, I won't be doing like the vetting of potential partners. Instead, I'll be like the point person or the contact. So for example, for our kids mill programs, I'll be working with um, one of our outside agencies to like pick the toys that'll go for that promotion and what movies are we going to partner with? What athletes are we going to partner with? Just having a little more um, of a role in the decision-making process and just being that key person from CKE, from the PR team to, like I said, execute cut promotions, um, kids meals, and then um, different partnerships and events that happen throughout the country with those partners. Nice. That's awesome. So give us a little bit of a glimpse into your background from where you've been to where you are now. So um, I graduated undergrad from the University of South Alabama, go Jags, in 2017. And to be honest with you guys, from there, I really thought, wow, you know, I made great grades, I did an internship, life is just going to be super easy for me to get that, that dream job you know, that role that I always saw at like a big company or a big brand. And honestly, it did not happen that way. I filled out more applications that I can think of. It was crazy um, just to see like the things weren't going how I wanted them to go. So about six months after that, I decided to go to grad school. And so I attended Troy University and got my master's in public relations And then after that, I feel like things kind of, you know, took off, quote unquote, for me. And I spent, um, while in grad school, I did a program called AmeriCorps to gain some experience, but then also help pay for grad school and worked at an awesome agency called YouthServe and really um, developed a love for nonprofit there. And after fulfilling my year duty there, I moved on to the United Way of Central Alabama, joining their PR team. And I was there for, I think, two and a half years, if I remember correctly, um, doing, like I said, all things PR and media relations, not just for United Way, but assisting with the 60 roughly PR, uh, sorry, 60 partner agencies throughout the greater Birmingham area. So a lot of them were smaller and they didn't have budgets for PR and such. And so we would help them out with that in terms of like press releases and just getting the news to different events they're having. 
and stuff and really loved that role. But I knew I just was craving more. And so um, last right about this time last year, I just decided I was going to start applying for all kinds of jobs, several places, even ones that scared me or companies. I thought, you know, they're not going to hire me like, you know. I just have a background in PR because in nonprofit because a lot of places um, see people that work at nonprofits as being just kind of less than and not being able to handle the brand world. But I was like, you know what, just kind of leaving this in God's hands. And I'm I picked about five cities I wouldn't mind living in. I think it was Nashville, Dallas, Austin, Denver, and Charlotte. And just applied for, you know, any jobs that I saw there that I thought were a good fit. And that's how I ended up at the current company I'm at, CKE Restaurants. And um, I will be there for a year this next month. That is awesome. Well, you've definitely been busy in the background. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) How are you loving Nashville? Nashville is amazing. Um, Don't love the cost of living by any means, because going from Alabama where, you know, you can pay like several places, half of what you pay here. It was definitely sticker shock at first to see like that my money didn't stretch nearly as far as it did in the Birmingham area. But I love it here. I'm not sure if this is the forever move, but definitely for the next couple of years. And I've just grown so much and been stretched so much over this last year because living in Birmingham, that's where I'm from. That's where all my family is. So if anything ever happened, I was just able to, Oh, call mom. She can fix it. Or, you know, call my dad, he can figure it out. But now it's not so much that way. So I've had to like grow up work-wise, but also grow up just in general, but love living here. Love that there's so much to do. Um, Literally every weekend can do something different. And then, you know, it's always fun when friends come to visit. And now I live in a city that all of my friends want to visit. So I get to see them way more. Yeah, it worked out for sure. Well, for our friends uh, who may not know, and you've referenced this earlier, what is CKE Restaurants Inc.? And tell me a little bit more about your role with it. Yeah, absolutely. So surprisingly, I didn't really know what CKE restaurants was until I was on LinkedIn looking for jobs. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. But CKE is the parent company of Hardee's and Carl's Jr. And so we love to call them within the office fraternal twins or my boss, Robin Fink calls them that more than anybody. And the reason we say that is because Hardee's and Carl's are alike in that they sell the same great food for the most part. Some menu items change, you know, from Hardee's to Carl's, but like overall, you know, the same great thick burgers and um, shakes and fries and all of that. But we call them fraternal twins at the same time because they're different in that the audiences are very different. Um, so for a little background, Hardee's um, has been known for having an older audience. So more like, you know, people, my parents or grandparents age that mainly go there compared to Carl's, which appeals to a lot of a younger audience. 
So it's been very interesting, like working technically on both brands, because you kind of have to tailor your messaging, like, you know, some little meme, like we may post something with like a meme on the Carl's page that's funny that's going around. But if we post that on Hardy's, people aren't going to know what that is because, you know, most older people don't get the different little memes and stuff that go around. Um, so that's what CK is. And like I said, my new role focuses um, heavily on being the lead for um, cup promotion. So what a cup promotion is, is a uh, movie studio or a Netflix show or TV show, they can decide that they want to do a campaign with us. So one we did a couple months ago was with Adult Swim and the stores are like decked out for that period and Adult Swim stuff. And for every large combo, you can, you could have upgraded it to get an Adult Swim, like little, you know, drinking cup. Um, and those are, like I said, fun partnerships because it'll get exposed um, those that visit our stores to that specific brand or show. So for example, you know, several people that may have went to Hardee's and got an adult swim cup, didn't know what adult swim was, but then they went home and Googled, you know, what is adult swim? And then we made sure we told everybody we were doing a, um, like a watchathon with adult swim where it was one Friday night, we sponsored, you know, several hours of adult swim shows back to back. So obviously it helped us gain some awareness, but also helped them. And then um, another part of my role will focus heavily on our star pals, kids meals. And for um, every window, we have a different partner, like I said, that we partner with, such as like a movie studio or like a game or something. So um, just an example is like Hasbro, we, we have that um, launching here in a couple of days. And with that, my job is to help select the toys. So are we going to have, you know, a mini size connect four that's going to go in there? Are we going to have a sticker activity book, this candy land, or, you know, just figuring out what do we think our target audience will like? And, you know, what will fit obviously into the budget, because that's one thing with PR, you do some great things, but you got to stick to the budget. And then also, like I said, continuing to work on the brand partnership side. So finding um, just different, like I said, athletes, celebrities, influencers, um, again, movies, TV shows, et cetera, that are a good fit for our brands that we can partner with, maybe do a full 360 campaign. Um, just like I said, being out there and finding who are the best people to partner with and represent Carl's and Hardy's. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And like jumping from, you know, the nonprofit sector into food and beverage, that's got to be a pretty significant transition. So what was kind of that transition like uh, between the two? Man, that transition was tough. Because uh, my nonprofit job, like I said, I loved it and I knew it like the back of my hand. Like I, I feel like after about a year, it was pretty much, there were some changes in my day to day, but overall it was the same, you know, same routine every day. So like, you know, there was, there would be crises sometimes, but for the most part, I knew what my Monday was going to entail completely. I knew what my Tuesday was going to entail. And it was pretty, 
pretty chill, pretty low, you know, low stress, um, not too high pace, you know, just really chill and comfortable. And when I joined CKE from the first day, it was like, whoa, we're, you know, it's hitting the ground running from day one. And, you know, every day is truly different. Like tomorrow, you know, all I know is the meetings I have, but beyond that, you know, there may be more meetings that end up coming about. And then also, you know, there's just so much that I guess it's unknown. And that's what I honestly love about it because you're always on your toes and like, what's next, you know, what's new. Cause you don't know tomorrow we could have a rep for, I don't know, Tom Brady or some awesome athlete call us and want to do a partnership. And so we have to think quick on our feet to figure out, you know, what can we do to lock in this deal? You know, can we afford him? What can we offer to him and his team? Stuff like that. So yeah, it was definitely a hard transition. And it was also one where I knew I wanted to, even if I get back a nonprofit eventually, I knew I just wanted to get to the brand side at some point. And as I previously referenced a little bit, um, I just didn't understand until time came to look for another job that people just see the nonprofit world is less than. And it was just very like shocking in a way, because I'm like, PR is PR. Like the only thing that's really changing is who you're doing it for and, you know, who your target audience is and stuff. But people just took it so differently. And that's why I was so gung-ho on coming to CKE because um, my former senior VP, she's moved on to, she's now the CMO for Red Lobster. So super excited for her. But talking with her and my supervisor, they were just both like kind of applauding me for being a nonprofit and saying that, you know, we understand that the nonprofit world, like you have a small budget, so you have to make things shake and make things work, you know, without having these large brand budgets. And they just really have like championed me and cheered me on. So they've made the transition a whole lot better, but yeah, it's definitely been a tough one and still here a year in, I feel like there's still so many things that I'm learning each and every day, but I love that because I feel like once you get to the point where you're not learning anymore, it's time for something else and, you know, need a new challenge in your life. Yeah, definitely. Well, that sounds like a fun one for sure. So how do, how do you feel that PR plays a role in um, brand awareness and strengthening a brand? And then what are some of the key performance indicators that you look for um, when deeming that a campaign was successful? So these, this is kind of a, I guess, a tricky one for me, but I can say um, PR definitely helps strengthen brands. I've heard so many people talk about like, you know, we don't need to invest a budget in the PR. All that is, is just like paying people to like our post or whatever. And it's honestly so much more because you have people that are already a fan of the brand and you have to do stuff to keep them around. But then also you're always having to find ways to tap into new audiences that you're interested in reaching out to. So um, for example, you know, if you're, if we're really trying to tap into, we'll say um, the Southern California market in one specific city, you have to figure out, you know, are we going to post, 
ads in the local newspaper? Are we going to host some type of event in that city, invite the city out and then have the local paper do a write up on it? Um, Just figuring out all of those things. It's a lot more than people actually realize. But like I said, overall, PR definitely can help um, strengthen a brand because it brings awareness to those that don't know about your brand. And then also, you know, keeps those that currently visit your store or whatever your brand is, it keeps them coming back. And even if there are some people who, you know, haven't visited you in a long time, it'll have them come back. Like I know my now fiance, it's weird to say that he like grew up on Hardee's. Um, he's from a small town in Alabama where, Almost every small town in Alabama had a Hardee's and he ate it so much as a child, but it wasn't until here recently when it seems like we started, you know, upping our PR efforts and ad efforts and stuff. He's like, you know, who may text me and be like, oh my God, I just saw that new honey butter chicken biscuit or that new hot honey sandwich or, you know, whatever it is. And like, I'm going to get it. Um, And so, like I said, I've even seen firsthand how PR plays out. And I feel like some of the key performance indicators to measure that success um, depends on if we're talking social media or if we're talking, you know, an actual, like I said, like story in a paper or like a New York Times sort of thing, but definitely measuring the impressions. And we, my um, team and our outside PR agency, LaForce, shout out to LaForce, we love them. we make sure we do that for every single campaign and just look at, you know, this is how many clicks we had. This is how many people read through it. This is how much, um, for example, like we recently, we do heart-shaped biscuits every year for Valentine's Day weekend. And so that was one of the things we were looking at last week is like, you know, okay, we do see that there was this many impressions, but how much of an increase in percent is that from last year or did it decrease from last year? And then just already trying to think about, you know, how to make it even better for that next year. But I would say the one um, key performance indicator is just impressions more than anything because numbers don't lie. Yeah, that's awesome. I could hear you talk about that all day long because where you are PR, I'm a marketer. And so I feel like there's a lot of collaboration and fun that can happen when you're firing on all cylinders in terms of marketing mix and your PR strategy and everything else in between. So that's really cool. So you're also a travel agent. Very exciting. What inspires you to love travel so much and wanting to help others plan their next trip? So (laughs) this is actually, people ask me this all the time and I kind of laugh because I really became a travel agent because my dad was on my case about spending all of my actual work salary on my travels. And he was like, look, you got to do something because you can't be spending your, your rent or your mortgage money on, you know, going on a trip with your girlfriends or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like I'll become a travel agent because I've always loved to travel. And I was always that person within the friend group that, you know, we're like, Hey, let's go to new Orleans for the weekend. I'm like, Oh, I got it. I'll figure out, you know, the hotel, I'll figure out where we're going to eat at, what we're going to do all of that. So really I feel like my whole life I've kind of been a travel agent without, you know, the title and getting paid to do it. 
Um, and so I've been an agent now for about two and a half years. And I just, what keeps me going, I guess you would say, and inspires me more than anything is just being able to help people make the trip they want to happen, happen, and them have a good time. Like it truly makes my entire week for a client to come back and say, oh my gosh, we had the best honeymoon ever. We've never been so relaxed. We've never felt so close to each other, you know? And then they're like, we're ready to plan the next one. Like it just, it's just some kind of thrill this there. Um, and then also, you know, like I said, I have always loved traveling. And so as a travel agent, you can kind of use it as an excuse. Like I have to go travel. Cause I gotta, you know, go scope out. I was telling my family that, but really I was like, eh, I just kind of want to go too. But I was like, I have to go to, to DC in February and Punta Cana in March and Colorado in April, because I have to scope out these places for my clients so that when they want to go, I can tell them where to go. But really more than anything, I just want to go. And it's just, like I said, something about visiting new places, learning new cultures, experiencing new things that just draws me in. And I'm always like, when's the next trip? (laughs) I love that. So what has been your favorite trip that you've planned so far? So honestly, my favorite type of trip to plan is a honeymoon. Um, But I will say my favorite trip that I've planned so far actually isn't a honeymoon. It was, um, I have some clients going to, I have several clients visiting Europe this year, but this one in particular, I have a client um, who found out about me through another client that had previously gone on a trip with me. And he is surprising his wife with a two week trip to Europe. So they're going to, um, gosh, where are they going? They're going to Rome. They're going to the Amalfi coast. They're going to Sicily, um, Florence, Venice, um, just really all of Italy for two weeks and just really wanting to dive deep into the culture and, you know, fully immerse themselves in the experience. And I always love a good surprise trip. So it's been super fun helping him plan all that. Oh, I love that. Justin, my husband, if you're listening, hint, hint, (laughs) Justin, hit me up. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. So switching gears a little bit. Um, what has been one thing that really no one prepared you for before walking into like the professional world or environment? Like what have you learned about yourself or experiences or even people? So one thing no one prepared me about uh, for, I guess you would say walking into the professional world was ageism. I thought, you know, obviously everybody's got to be young at a job at some point. So like hopefully people will have some, some sympathy, leniency, however you'd like to phrase it. And then I felt like, you know, because I did further my education after undergrad and I'm just really big in like professional development and certifications and stuff. I was like, surely, you know, I won't have any issues with that. And boy, that was not the case at all. Um, One of my previous jobs, I was the youngest person there out of about 150 people. And 
you know, there are so many times that people would say little slick comments like, well, she's just a baby. She, she doesn't know how to do that. Or like, you know, why are y'all giving her this task? Like, she can't handle that. She's, she's so young. She doesn't know this, whatever. And like I said, at first I got offended because I'm like, I've really, you know, worked hard in making sure I was the best PR professional I could be. And I'm constantly working on myself and trying to improve and just, you know, bring my best to the company every day. But I feel like a true, like, aha moment where I was like, yep, ageism is real is when we had an all staff meeting and I came in late and one of our executives was like, oh, everyone, you know, Caitlin's here now. And um, just want to say congratulations, Caitlin, on purchasing your first home today. And I know she meant no harm by doing that because she, you know, she was supporting me and proud of me and several other coworkers were, but there were also a handful that did not feel that way and that were going around the office and, you know, asking like, how much do y'all think that they're paying her? Because I can't even afford a house and I'm 45 and I've been here, you know, 10 years and da, da, da. And like, she's just a baby. How does she really know things for real? And just causing all of these unnecessary problems that um, didn't really have to be there or, you know, they could have kind of kept it to themselves. But that whole situation just made me realize, you know, I got to get some tougher skin and any other jobs I go into going forward, I kind of have to, you know, be assertive from the jump and like make it known that like, yes, even though I am 26, you know, I'm here to get stuff done. Like I'm here to work hard because it's another common misconception that I hear all the time from older individuals about younger people is, you know, y'all are so, so lazy. Y'all want to make all this money, but don't want to do any work to get it, stuff like that. And like, you know, so when I came into CKE, I was making sure it was known to not only my supervisors, but those on my team, like, you know, I'm here to hold my weight and I'm here to help you guys however I can. And like, you know, I'm truly here to work and get down to business. I'm not just here for laughs and Googles. Yeah. And that's such a hard thing. I think until you're in the middle of that situation to even realize that that is uh, a trend uh, for anyone who's coming out of college or um, high school, going into the workforce. And then I think for about 10 years, you're still labeled as like the young person in the office. And unfortunately it can have negative effects um, to the team and the dynamics. And so I can completely relate. I was actually talking to a friend today who's in a completely different industry than me. And she was having a hard time uh, with a particular individual on the team. He kept referring to her as a young lady and, and did not mean anything by it. Of course, he's like, I call my nieces that. And, and you know, not, I, I told her on the phone, I was like, yes, this is a professional setting. Therefore, mm-hmm. there's no place for that. And I think that's a hard thing for people to wrap their brains around. Um, And I think the ageism obviously affects younger demographics, but also think about older demographics who a lot of times can get bullied in the workplace too, for being older um, than the average employee. Um, And my hat's off to them too, because that's kind of a awkward transition um, and being the oldest in the office and kind of getting some, some backlash on that. And so it's, it's a slippery slope. I think boundaries are important. I know that I have like one boundary and my team makes fun of me for it because I don't discuss age. 
Um, that's like my one boundary. And I think it stems from a lot of past experiences where I've always been like what you said, Caitlin, the youngest person in the room, but yet needing to have that sense of authority and respect in the workplace that I think should be extended to everyone, no matter who they are, what they look like, how old they are. So I'm right there with you. So if you could give your 13, 16 and 20 year old, 21 year old self, any advice, what would it be and why, and would it be different per life stage? So I would give the same piece of advice, but I guess the reasoning I say it would vary through all those ages. And that would be stop comparing. You are where you're supposed to be at that current point in life. So I remember at 13, you know, middle school is obviously really hard. And I remember at that point, you know, it was comparing like, stuff like that's when people started getting makeup and the, you know, all of that. And like, my mom wouldn't let me wear makeup and shave. And so it was like, I was feeling like ugly and stuff then. And, um, I had to move in middle school for my dad's job. And so, you know, I was also just like comparing myself because at that school, um, I made some great friends, but it was super tough because I was, I mean, I stuck out like a sore thumb. There were, not many people that looked like me at all. I was actually the first person at that middle school of color to make the cheer team. And I was just constantly, you know, comparing myself to these other girls whose moms didn't have to work and stuff like that. And like my mom did. And I'm like, well, this sucks because, you know, whoever's mom, they can come to every pep rally and they can come, you know, bring them lunch and they can do all these things. And like, why can't you do that? Whatever. But, you know, at that age, I didn't understand. I was just comparing myself to all of those around me. And then, you know, things didn't really change too much because then it's 16. That's obviously you get the good old car. And so, you know, I got the, a hand-me-down car, which it was a nice car. I will, you know, give that to my parents, but you know, it wasn't the Mercedes that some of my peers got or the Lexus or whatever. And I was just like, Ugh, I'm driving this Volvo that my dad has had for, you know, several years now, like whatever, like this sucks. And then I feel like 21, the comparison and, you know, not really realizing I was where I needed to be was when it hit the hardest because that was when I graduated college. And like I said, you know, earlier in the interview, it just didn't go exactly how I thought. Like I thought, you know, I was going to graduate and everybody was going to be calling me for a job. The all the, you know, Southwest Airlines is going to be calling me. Um, Hilton Hotels was going to be interested in me. Uh, all these food brands were going to want me and like all of that because I saw so many peers just easily getting these jobs and, you know, announcing, so happy to announce, I've now moved to Dallas, Texas, and I've accepted a job with Southwest Airlines in the PR department. And I'm just sitting here like, you know, what makes her better than me? Like, how come she, you know, got this super awesome job right after college? And like, I didn't, you know, that didn't happen for me. But like now, being 26, almost 27, like I wouldn't change the way anything has happened at all because I feel like the stuff that happened, even, you know, back at 13 that had me comparing if, you know, 
everything in life was exactly how I wanted to be, it wouldn't have instilled driving me at all. I would have basically just had everything handed to me and I probably wouldn't have like the go-getter mentality that I have now just because like I said, everything was so easy and cush and handed, but I've actually had to work really hard for what I have now. So I value it a lot and I try to do, you know, what I need to do to make sure I can continue to grow and maintain the same speed and same lifestyle I'm at now. Yeah. Comparison can really rob you of, of any joy. I know I've been there and can completely relate in those different seasons at times too. Like it just feels like we're always um, looking around. I know I'm scrolling through Instagram, you know, today and I'm just thinking, man, like (laughs) everyone's at this life stage or everyone's doing this and I should be wearing this or I should um, have this trip lined up or, you know, I should have this remodeling project done by now. And I think if we continue to allow that to, to feed our mind, unfortunately that will only rob us of that joy. And so it's something that I have to constantly remind myself, but I'm right there with you. It's not an easy thing to, um, move past. I think it's a daily conversation. Exactly. And I mean, you know, being fully transparent, like it's still, I've obviously gotten better with it. Like it's not as bad as when I was younger, but like you said, Instagram will kill you with that because obviously now engaged, but prior to that, I was like, you know, every day I get on there, somebody else is engaged, somebody else is having a wedding. And I'm like, oh, when is my time? Like, you know, like it should be my time now. Like, oh, just but in all reality, you know, my time happened when it was supposed to, but sometimes social media and just the world in general will just have you comparing like crazy and not realizing, like I said, you're exactly where you're supposed to be at that current moment. Yeah. And there's something beautiful about being in the waiting moment too. Like, you know, everyone's time, everyone has their own timetable, you don't have to speed yours up just because everyone else around you is. And I think there's something really beautiful about being in the, in the middle waiting um, for when that next life stage is supposed to be. Absolutely. So my favorite question to ask, and we'll wrap with this. Um, everyone has a different answer. And I think that's what makes this a beautiful and really exciting question because yes, there's no wrong or right answer, but how would you define success for yourself, Caitlin? So it's also funny that you asked this because I was talking to a friend that came into town for our engagement about this today. So many people define success by how much money you're making. So, you know, they say by the time I make, you know, when I make blank amount of money, that's when I can officially say I'm successful and I am totally the opposite. Um, you know, money is great. Obviously we have to have it to make it in life period. However, for me, I define my success on being able to adequately complete the job task, whatever it is that I've set forth um, for myself. And then also being happy with how the outcome turns out. Um, And that's something that, you know, has truly changed 
as I've gotten older, because I used to be one of those people that said, you know, which is so funny now to think about it. Cause I'm like, it's really not that much, but I used to say, you know, once I'm making six figures, like I'm successful, I've made it like, you know, all is well. And then now I'm like, yeah, no, that's not it at all. Because I feel like some of the most unhappy people are people that feel like they're not successful in life or not thriving in life. They make the most money. Um, they're just not, you know, happy with what they're doing and how they're doing it. So yeah, definitely for me, it would just be being able to like complete whatever task or job I've set forth for myself and being able to do it, you know, being proud of the results that I produce. I love that. Well, now it's time for the leading ladies. We love rapid fire game. Get excited. I will shout out some adjectives that um, I would love for you to then think of women who are leading in this way, um, say their names and then give us a quick description of who they are and why you think they are that adjective and we'll keep it moving. Are you ready? I think so. All right, let's do this. First word is resilient. So for resilient, the first person that comes to mind, I just talked about her. Um, my former senior vice president brand marketing, now chief marketing officer of Red Lobster, Patty Trevino. Wow, Patty is like somebody that I aspire to be so much and she's so resilient for the fact that um, her story is amazing. She is a Hispanic woman who, you know, came from not a whole lot, struggled at some points in life to get where she is, but now she's just killing it. And it's like, no matter what's thrown her way, she's just able to handle it with such grace. And she just, I can't say enough positive and amazing things for her, but I know like truly there's nothing that would come her way that she wouldn't be able to handle with resiliency and just be able to bounce back and continue to kick butt at it. Next word is bold. So this is kind of funny. I don't know why she's the first person that comes to my mind, but Miley Cyrus comes to my mind first when I think of someone who is bold because I not, I don't really listen to her music, but I love the fact that she is just her. She is, you know, this is me, take it or leave it. She's always doing bold things from outfit choices to, you know, what she does when the paparazzi sees her she may you know stick out her tongue and flip you off like you just never know like what is miley cyrus gonna do today and like i said even though she does some crazy things i just love that she's so unapologetically her and always just living life to the fullest leader leader i'd probably say kamala harris i love her um and just all of the barriers she has broken as a woman of color, you know, looking for role models and such. She is just a leader that comes to mind. You know, I feel like no matter what your political views are, it's hard to say that she's not someone that's out there just trying to, you know, make a change for our country as vice president and get some, you know, different policies and stuff in place to just try to. Um, improve the U.S. and get a good foot forward for us. And I just, like I said, I love everything she stands for. I love 
just the energy she brings. And that's definitely someone, if I had the chance to meet, I would just fall out. Empowering. I would say for empowering, probably Oprah. Um, I see her as the ultimate humanitarian and just someone that just empowers others so much by, you know, what she does philanthropically and just all that she gives to the world, not only, you know, from her money, but also just to knowledge and wisdom. And I think, you know, Oprah's, Oprah will forever be in my like top people. I aspire to be like, obviously, I don't ever think I'll be Oprah because I'm nowhere near having as much money as she does. But if I did, I would be, like I said, almost identical identical to her, you know, opening schools in other countries, just giving back, giving back, giving back. And like I said, I love that about her. And I love that she just empowers and uplifts people, but especially young women and young women of color at that. All right. Last word is influential. Um, I'd say somebody that's super influential for me would be Michelle Obama. And I say that because not only is she, you know, an amazing wife and mother, she's still, you know, while she was even the first lady, she, you know, was making a name for herself out in the community in the world, you know, just doing what she could to make this world a better place. And that's, like I said, how I aspire to be, to not only be, you know, a boss when it comes to my work, but also someone that people know, like, oh, if you need it and Caitlin's got it, you know, she'll help you. She's always giving back. She's always volunteering. She's, you know, just one of those people when you think of someone that's philanthropic, you know, she comes to mind. And then also, like I said, I just love the relationship that she has with her family, um, not only her husband, but her kids as well. And yeah, she's just someone that's super influential to me and someone that I aspire to be like. All right. Well, that ends the leading ladies. We love rapid fire game. Great job. We did it. (laughs) I will say a little worried, but we made it. (laughs) Sorry. We said that last part again. Said I was a little worried when we started, but I made it. (laughs) You got this. Well, it has been so much fun, Caitlin, getting to catch up and hear from you and hear all of the incredible insight that you have. Before we go, please tell our friends how they can find you on social. What's your shameless plug? So on social, I'm mainly an Instagram person. My personal Instagram is at Kate Nicole 320. So K-A-I-T-N-I-C-O-L-E 320. And then as we talked about, I also have a travel business and that Instagram handle is at travel time by Caitlin. And that's Caitlin K-A-I-T-L-Y-N. And then um, if you want to connect on a business level, um, love talking with people that are in the PR space or future grads that are looking to you know, get into the space and just want some advice and tips and stuff, um, find me on LinkedIn. And my LinkedIn handle is Caitlin, so K-A-I-T-L-Y-N, 
hyphen Peterson, P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N. Awesome. And we'll be sure to link that in the show notes too. Well, thank you again, Caitlin. It has been such a joy catching up with you and I just cannot wait to see what else is next for you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ladies Who Lead podcast. Looking for another way to engage with the Ladies Who Lead podcast? Check out our Instagram and our show notes at the Ladies Who Lead. And don't forget to check out our website, www.theladieswholead.com. Until next time, I'm SK Vaughn.